0: Hello, and welcome to Bostonian Wrap. My name is Rachel Meiselman. You are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. So before we dive into today's topics, we are going to go to a quick disclaimer, and then we're going to come back and unpack the different segments of tonight's show. 3241 or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hello and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. My, ge- my name is again Rachel Meiselman. You are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. So <laughs> as always, there's never a shortage of things to discuss. So, of course, I'm going to talk about the Massachusetts Republican Party. That's an ongoing discussion. Uh, I am going to talk about St. Patrick's Day. Every year I go to South Boston, and it really is quite a remarkable thing to see all these people who don't give two toots about South Boston uh, 364 days of the year, but on this one day you would think that they're all from Southie, uh, for those of you who are less familiar with Boston, South Boston is one of the neighborhoods in Boston, and it's often referred to as Southie. Uh, so as I was saying, on this this one day, St. Patrick's Day, uh, all these people, you would think that they had, you know, been born and bred in Southie and, you know, going back several generations. It really is uh, quite ridiculous and absurd I'm also going to talk about the municipal races in Boston this year. So we don't have a mayoral race, but we do have city council races. And I got to tell you, given (laughs) the state of the Boston City Council, I am immensely grateful that the terms are two years and not four. Because some places they're four, and I just think that Boston would be in particularly bad shape if if city councilors that we currently have uh, served four terms, uh, uh, four years in a term. Because, again, as it is, the city is in really, really, really bad shape. But I'll get to that. So what I want to do is maybe uh, let me um, kind of jockey around here a bit. I will start by talking about St. Patrick's Day because I think that's kind of the least political <laughs> segment that I have on today's show. And uh, then I'll get into talking about the Massachusetts Republican Party. And from there, I'll go right into talking about the Boston City Council and the municipal races. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, it's, you know, it's, it's a very big deal. It's it's a very big deal in Boston. Boston has a very big Irish community, and I think that's pretty well known. And they say that on St. Patrick's Day, everyone is Irish in Boston. So it's it's a very big deal. Yeah, there are you know a lot of uh, businesses that you know capitalize on the holiday, and it's it's also it also is a fun time it's a time of celebration um but i think uh, above all in fact i know <laughs> above all it is it's it's a celebration of the irish culture and it, and it's a, it's a day for people of irish descent who have some irish heritage to really take pride in having that heritage i think that everyone should be proud of who and what they are and where they came from, uh, where he or she came from. Uh, That's really, really important. Uh, I've always said that I don't like multiculturalism because I think that it's a philosophy, if you will, that encourages the embrace and the learning of, of certain cultures. And I don't think that's right. I think that we should either celebrate all cultures or we celebrate no cultures. Now, most of us here in Boston, I mean, we grew up with, you know, St. Patrick's Day again being a very big deal. And, you know, the Irish community was really, really dominant. And it still is. Um, but over time, you know, other groups, uh, have, um, you know, become more, uh, high profile and, you know, we as a city, we, uh, recognize and celebrate other cultures a bit more, I think, today than when I was growing up, which is, of course, a good thing, um, But again, you know, on St. Patrick's Day, it's a day that uh, we all, you know, we're all Irish. That's what we say. And I, you know, I personally, I like to go to South Boston because it is uh, a neighborhood with a big, big Irish community, a particularly big Irish community. And uh, there is a parade. There's a parade. So you have the local politicians Uh, along with, you know, different groups that march in it. And it really is a lovely event. And I have marched in it, um, you know, with an elected official on a few occasions. And it it really is, it's a nice time. And I think it's also an opportunity for the neighborhood of Southie to really have, uh, you know, feel a sense of pride you know, all these people are coming to the neighborhood for us <laughs> uh, to to have uh, you know this full St. Patrick's Day experience, and and I think I, I think that that's I think that's a lovely thing I do. Um, but the reason why I, I chose to talk about it is because I think that you know I, I have a few things to say about it. Um, as I started to say, I myself I go there every year because I volunteer at a road race that is probably the biggest if not one of the biggest fundraisers of the boys and girls club in South Boston. Uh, I volunteer every year and uh, it's it's wonderful. It's it's just it's a really nice time. Uh, I like the people there and it's it's really it's Just such a nice feeling to see people that just take some time to do this, to run, to raise money, and to really support the Boys and Girls Club because it it does so much. I can't stress that enough. The Boys and Girls Club in South Boston, it's not just South Boston, but I think like throughout the city, the Boys and Girls Club. Clubs They do a lot. Because uh, there are so many issues that plague the Boston Public Schools, it really is important to have other organizations that can kind of step in and kind of partner with Boston Public Schools or to provide in an environment or environments that act as kind of a, a supplementary Learning venue, if you will, uh, for Boston Public Schools uh, students. So really, it's it's really important that we have boys and girls clubs. They, you know, they they provide a, a place for for children to be safe. They provide a place for our children to ask questions, and as I said, they can you know continue. The learning that takes place in their schools, they can continue that in these, in these clubs. They learn life skills. They're exposed to the different opportunities that they have. Because a lot of times we have, in our society, we have, unfortunately, we have a number of people that don't always know about all the opportunities that are, are out there. And it's not necessarily class-related. It's not race-related. I just think that there's, there's a really big problem in Boston, a problem that has been ongoing and it needs to be addressed. And that issue is the lack of accessibility to information, about resources uh, uh, that include include programs that could include funding that could include courses, seminars, all kinds of different things yeah, that could really uh, enrich one's life all, for all ages. And so really the boys and girls club clubs um in Boston, and not just in Boston, everywhere where a club is located, uh, but certainly in Boston, I think that they also play the role of getting that information that's normally not necessarily widely accessible. And they get it, and they disseminate it among the youth and their families. So it's, they're really, they're wonderful, wonderful institutions and I'm very happy to uh, pull myself out of bed, <laughs> and it's really not all that early at the end of the day. Uh, but it's it's I have no problem with getting up uh, relatively early and uh, spending my morning in there. In fact, it's in South Boston for this. In fact, it's a privilege. Um, and then so after I did that, I went to I walked up the street. Uh, from where the the Boys and Girls Club is located, and I walk to the start of the parade. And quite frankly, it's always an adventure. Uh, it was a little less uh, chaotic, and I don't want to use the word stressful, because that might be saying too much. And I like to associate stress with something that is not a one-off, it's something that's, you know, ongoing, there's some kind of pattern, Um, but something that I have to deal with once a year. I don't, you know, I I don't want to label that stressful. Um, But what I will say is that it's an experience that's not altogether enjoyable when you're making your way up to this, uh, up the street uh, toward the start of the parade. And that's because, again, People descend from all over. They come from all over the state. Uh, you have some couples. You have some families, but it certainly is a lot of college students. And I, you know, oh my goodness, these college students! I, I, I can't even begin to tell you what their problem, problem, problems are. They are so rude. So many of them, and it's just. It's really, it's almost infuriating because, again, I, I think that you know, Boston's kind of a, a, it's a very interesting place. And I think that when I was growing up, I think other cultures um, wanted to be seen too. They wanted to be appreciated. And the Irish culture was very much dominated. Uh, it was a dominant culture. But it wasn't for that that the rest of us, sh- sh- you know, should not have appreciated it or celebrated it, um, you know. And, and a lot of us did. I, I certainly did. Um, and I and I said that over the years, I think Boston has become a city that has done a better job at recognizing all the different cultures and celebrating them all and making sure that everyone feels respected and seen. I, I don't want to use words that uh, that sound woke, uh, you know, a rhetoric that's woke, uh, that sounds uh, trendy. Um, but I mean, I think, but, the, but I do think that these are the appropriate words. And again, I, I, I think that, you know, the Irish culture is one that, it should be celebrated because it's a beautiful culture. It's a very interesting culture. It's a very rich culture. And and the Irish have done much to make the city what it is today. So it's always been something that I was willing to celebrate on this day. But also, you know, I've had a desire to learn about more about it you know, know, throughout the year, not just on this one day. Um, I mean, I know that there there are different kind of uh, sentiments. I think that there's some people that uh, feel the same way that I do. Um, I think that there's some people who... It's kind of interesting because we've had in Boston, um, we've had certain elements... Uh, And and certain um, tensions um, kind of become more pronounced. And I don't think that they're necessarily helpful, uh, to say the very least. Um, But I think that most people want to celebrate uh, the Irish culture. But it's not just the Irish culture. I think that people want to celebrate... Uh, the Italian culture, the Greek culture, the Lebanese culture, the Jewish culture the Syrian culture uh, you know the Cape Verdean culture, the Puerto Rican culture the Dominican culture uh, the Polish culture uh, it's really I, I again I, I think that Boston has become much better at really seeing all these different wonderful beautiful communities and celebrating them uh, I think that, I mean, I think there's still some room for improvement, but I think that uh, it's a little bit more balanced today than it was. But I guess my reason for talking about St. Patrick's Day is I think that if you're going to recognize another culture, I think you should take the time to learn about it. It's not just wearing a shamrock. It's not just putting on something green And for goodness sakes, if you go to an event that celebrates this particular culture, you want to be respectful. And that, you know, brings me back to my point where I I just don't know what's going on with these college students because they come and they're just very, very rude and very, very self-centered and they don't seem to understand that. This isn't just a day to party. It, it actually, <laughs> it, it's, it's, I mean, no one's, you know, no one's talking about being a stick in the mud or I don't have a problem with people letting down their hair, but I just I, take some time to learn about the culture. Take, who was St. Patrick? Why is it so important for, for, uh, the irish to to celebrate this, and why is it important for them, notwithstanding the fact that it has been it, the Irish have been a dominant presence in Boston. why is it still however important for them to, to to also be respected and seen and heard? i mean it's I think it's a time to just really kind of learn and and I think, become engaged or get engaged. And it's... People just descend on Southie and they come and they just... they're Some of them are stumbling around and I see bear cans on the ground. And I feel like I should call some of these universities or the universities, some of them should be put on notice. It's be respectful. You know, like, why would you... Why would you make the trek to South Boston and not learn about the holiday? Why would you make the trek to South Boston only to party and not look around the neighborhood itself and and, and see who's there and see what's there? And and why would you come and litter and, <laughs> you know, dump your, your empty beer cans or your— Uh, your little uh, bottles of alcohol, it's, it's just, it's, it's gross. It really is gross. Uh, You have people that, you know, they have children, their families, of course. And again, it's, you're going into someone else's neighborhood, you're going into someone else's home. And, And so you want to be cognizant of that. And you want to just, you you want to hold the people in a certain regard, and and you want to just make sure you're respectful. Just make sure you're courteous, and so I, I just it's 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 an issue. <laughs> it's it's it really is an issue. So I wanted to I just I really did want to say that because I I don't I don't like how some people you know, they they come into Southie and they yell, yelling and screaming and boisterous. Uh, It's it's not the way to behave. I don't feel like these people would act like this in their respective hometowns, um, because a lot of them are not from Boston. They're not from South Boston, for sure, but they're not from any other place in Boston. And I don't feel like they would, I don't believe that they would behave like this in their hometown. So don't don't bring it to Boston. Don't bring it to Southie. Uh, come and, and be respectful. And then, I guess the reason why I spoke about how it's important that all cultures are, are seen and heard, and and, and, and that we we just were aware of all the different communities, and and I'm going to use that word respectful again is because, really, Boston, it's a city of neighborhoods. It's not—this It's not. This isn't a term that I—a co- phrase that I coined. It's, it's literally—it's called a city of neighborhoods. And growing up, you expected to see certain ethnic groups in certain neighborhoods. And as I said, I, I think that we've done a, a good job— and maintaining the respect for the Irish community, but also, you know, respecting other communities as well. And that's that's a very very good thing. But I think that there is some room for improvement. I I do think that there are some cultures that we can uh, respect more. I think we can learn more about the Chinese culture, uh, the Taiwanese. Uh, I think we have a we have a Korean community. Um, a bigger com- Korean community now we have um, a Moroccan community now that um, wasn't really as big um certainly not when I was growing up um you know there are a lot of different groups and no one can know everything about every ethnic group um, in 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 a, in a given geographical space but I think I, I think that uh, things uh a more harmonious when we just make efforts to to learn who learn about the people who are around us, and I guess that's my point. And then to St. Patrick's Day in particular, I think that I think that there's certain people, um, certain elected officials, certainly on the Boston City Council, that could have made a better effort to participate in the celebration of St Patrick's Day and and to recognize the importance of it why it means so much uh to the Irish community so and that's what I have to say about that so the takeaway from this segment is that you know there there are a few because I I kind of talked about St Patrick's Day uh, as as an event you know as as um as a day, from which there are celebrations, and they take place on a certain day, and that attracts people, and I think that people should be uh, much more uh, respectful and courteous uh, to and of of and to uh, the people in the in the neighborhood of Southie, but also to talk about what South Boston, um, South Boston, um, what. St. Patrick's Day uh, means not only in South Boston but throughout the city, and and why it's important that that while we now recognize, rightly so, other cultures, it's still important to recognize the Irish culture, and I think that um, if there are public figures, I, I think they have a responsibility to to. Acknowledge all their constituents, and 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 participate in celebrations and be present uh, with their constituents. So those are those are the points that I wanted to make about this this day and the celebrations again that uh, that stem from it and the attitudes um, toward this day and. Um, you know, the events and, and the community, um, that go along with it. Uh, I want to move on to talking about, move into more of the political part of the show. I want to talk about the Massachusetts Republican Party. So I went to an event and it was dubbed as the unity event. And I had a good time. I wasn't there for the entirety of it, but I went and I I I did have a good time. I recognized uh you know a number of people there. I didn't know everyone in the room, but I recognized certainly a number of people. And um you know the last segment of course I'm talking about a lot about res- you know being respectful and acknowledging, you know, different cultures and <laughs> those points would not be out of place in this segment either because it's just there's a real lack of regard um, that exists among some Republicans toward other Republicans. And I could say it needs to stop, but I know it's not going to. And I... It's not a matter of me being over it because it wasn't something that I was ever, um, you know, that I, I, I ever thought to be a part of, or that I wanted to be a part of, or that I, you know, even wanted to entertain. That is, you know, this this paradigm and you know, there's, there's the infrastructure that that sees. Republicans you know as i've previously shared you know locked in one side or the other so you're either you know you're conservative or you're or you're a moderate and it's it's i don't <laughs> i don't have to be aligned with Jim Lyons to be a conservative and i don't think he's a conservative any old way but the idea that i have to be aligned with certain people as opposed to certain values in order to be conservative or anything else, I, I find really offensive because it's, it's this idea, well, who in the heck do these people think they are? Do they honestly think that they're bigger than the core values of the Republican Party? The Republican Party existed before they were born, and it's going to be around after they've long, been long gone so it's i'm I'm tired of this this constant battle and, and it's even I I think it's even been for some people put into more stark dramatic terms it's not even a battle between conservatives and moderates it's almost like for some it's like this this <laughs> <laughs> this battle, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Like, sometimes when I laugh, it's not because I find something amusing. It's because I just don't want to cry <laughs> on the show. Uh, it's, but the, it's it's kind of like there's this battle between good and evil. And I'm just, I I, I don't have time for it. I think at the root, uh, you know, I, I've often said this, I, I, I think that I'm very much a pragmatic um, very much a product of my environment, and you know, for, for for the people who feel hard done by, I would say turn the page. I would say move on, and it doesn't mean that you have to forget what's happened to you, or that you have to forgive everybody, uh, but it's a matter of. Do you want to make a difference or not? Do you want to build the party or not? And I think that you can be cordial with a lot of people and you can be civil in your time with them without forgetting what has transpired previously. And I say this as someone who ran a campaign without being acknowledged by the party. Jim Lyons didn't acknowledge me. He didn't acknowledge me from the very beginning. Once I made it clear that I did not want to be his black or one of his minorities and parrot everything he was saying— I was no use. I was. I, I was of no use to him. And quite frankly, he set about to crush my campaign. And some people might dispute that, and that's fine. But I have receipts. And I would say to those people, if you remember a time when Jim Lyons acknowledged my campaign, and talked about someone else other than Rayla Campbell and the 2020 7th Congressional District race, you just let me know. But he never acknowledged me. During signature signature collection, my name wasn't mentioned, just Rayla's name. And then, of course, he named other candidates in uh, in the other congressional districts, and then he, of course, uh, you know, talked about Kevin O'Connor, who was running for U.S. Senate. And Kevin O'Connor, by the way, he is, he is a nice guy. He really is. Um, Shiva is, <laughs> Shiva Iodora is, is quite something. But uh, to, to talk about Shiva at length, that's probably <laughs> for another show, another day in time. Um, but, but the point is, is, I wasn't acknowledged at all at any part of the campaign, so from Signature Collection right up through November. My name wasn't given to media outlets. I didn't receive one thin dime from the party. I didn't have any guidance. Beyond some emails that I exchanged with the party staff, um, I would say probably was there there might have been some in March, April, but after April of twenty twenty there might have been something in May, but after then i I didn't even communicate with the party. The party didn't communicate with me it was it was as if i as if i I was running as, as an independent think about. What transpired with Anthony Amore, who ran for auditor in the last election cycle? What happened to me was times 10. So take what happened to Anthony Amore, and what happened to me, it was 10 times that. Make it 50 times that or even 100 times that. It was, it was really, really tough because... The then chair, Jim Lyons, set about to crush me. He really, really did. Yet here I am, and I'm saying, let's turn the page. Because growing the party is bigger than me. The idea of needing this two-party system, it's much bigger than whatever hurt or anger that I feel and it's not to say that my anger isn't justified but it is but i don't want to be paralyzed by it and i want to use it to be productive because i really really want that two party system and i really really want to start seeing republicans run and goodness gracious i hope <laughs> i hope that i don't have to wait uh another 20 or thirty years uh, to, to see that happen um but i'm 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 in it for the long haul. I'm in it for the long haul. So I thought that the event was nice. Chairman carnavali i I spoke briefly with her and because um I like to be transparent and, and I'm candid um you know i I had I had misgivings about Amy carnavali um, but I'm gonna tell people what I told her. And, and, and I mean, and it's not to say that everything that I say to someone, then I, you know, make it public. <laughs> it's not that, but 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 something like this, uh, I do think I need to make public because I want people to know where I stand in regard to this 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 infighting in, in the Republican Party. I want to be above it. That's where I stand. I want to be above it. I'm not interested in taking sides because it's not my job to decide to parse who is a Republican and who is not. Uh, I think I shared on a previous show that that's something that Kirsten Hughes, a former chairman of the Republican Party, Massachusetts Republican Party, that's what she said in a debate when she first ran for chair. And I, I wholeheartedly agreed uh, it isn't something that is the responsibility of the chair, but it's not the responsibility of anyone else either or the right. the responsibility or the right um I, I it's it's none of my business who is a conservative or a moderate. It's none of my business who supports Trump or who doesn't support Trump. I support trump is is that? Does that mean that you, I can only support people who, who support Trump? No. It, it, there might be a really good candidate, someone who's very well suited for a position, a particular public office, and he or she may not like Trump at all. And that's fine. Again, it's it's not my business to decide who is a Republican and who's not. I don't feel like I have that right and I want a party with diversity. And when I say diversity, I think that for me, I mean, it, not, I think, I know for me, that doesn't boil down to different color, you know, people with different color skin. For me, it's about people who might be more moderate, could be more conservative, maybe even liberal. But it's, it's, it's good to have a variety. We shouldn't be a monolithic group. So I thought it was good, um, and you know, I, I made clear to not only Chairman carnavali but everyone else with whom I spoke that I want to see the party thrive. I want, I want the party to. Really be able to make an impact, a positive impact in the lives of people throughout the Commonwealth. Because I think that this is a time where we really could do just that. Because I think that more than ever, I think that people really want to have a say in how they go about living their lives. And they want to be the architects of their own destiny, so to speak. And they really, they're feeling kind of um, raw right now because we're just coming out of the pandemic and it was it was a savage, very harsh, difficult time for quite frankly, I think all of us in one way or the other. So I, I think that There are a lot of positive, really good contributions that the Republican Party can make in the state of Massachusetts. And I just, I'm not interested in fighting. And I think that certainly if I can turn the page and work with different people or or be prepared to work with different people, I'm not quite sure what's holding other people back. And I could see if these people had plans if they were able to art- articulate at length the different issues that plague one community or another or or an issue that might be one for communities across the state i could see if if people the people who want to stay locked in this this civil war <laughs> i i could see if if they had these plans or these ideas or the ability to articulate what was wrong but they don't but you know, it's just it's it's talking points it's headlines and i don't find that very interesting and that's certainly not going to make us more attractive to people who feel like they might not have much of a home politically speaking so i i just it's it 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 really kind of comes down to what are you interested in? What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? So if you if you want to be a big fish in a little pond, if you want to be a self-styled martyr, have at it. But I'm just I'm kind of tired of people with that mentality doing their utmost to suck all the oxygen out of the room. Because, again, I'm not hearing ideas from those people. I'm not hearing solutions to the problems that we're facing. It's finger-pointing. It's finger-wagging. It's laughing at other people. It's trying to heap shame on others or it's trying to put other people on the defensive and and none of that none of it is going to make us more attractive to the biggest political block in this commonwealth and that is the unenrolled voters. Massachusetts has a long history of having a sizable Unenrolled population: a lot of voters don't belong to any political party. I think that it's yeah more than ever. It's 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 at the big it's at the biggest number it, it's ever been. Uh, I have to get the exact numbers, but I was looking not too long ago, and just the number of unenrolled voters just keeps on growing that we can't tap into that, that's what people should, that, that's what they should be focusing on. They should be focusing on outreach. They should be focusing on how Republicans are going to do things differently. What, what else, what they can offer as an alternative to the Democratic Party. That's not what we're getting. That's not what I'm seeing anyway with these people who want to stay locked in the Civil War. What I'm going to do now is i want to go to a quick break. I kind of threw out a lot there. Um, we'll go to a quick break, then we're going to come back. I'll finish up, you know, a you know, few thoughts on this particular topic. Uh, and then I want to say a few words about the municipal races. In Boston, the city council races. If you are struggling to afford internet service for your household, there is a new government program that may be able to help. It's called the Affordable Connectivity Program, and it provides up to a $30 monthly discount to qualifying households. Find more information about the program, including if you qualify, and how to enroll at FCC.gov ACP, or call toll-free at 877-384-2575. That's 877-384-2575. Our jury system needs participation by everybody. Jurors make important decisions that affect lives in our communities. In our courts, everyone deserves fair and equal treatment. People from different backgrounds bring different viewpoints and ask more questions when making decisions. Make a difference and serve on a jury when you get the chance. Brought to you by the Massachusetts Trial Court and the Office of Jury Commissioner. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. You are listening to me on WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston. This, of course, is Boston's community radio station. And so, I before we went to break, I talked about a Unity event, and um, I didn't say where it was held. I don't believe I did. Uh, it was held out in Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, it was at a location, it was very, very easy to get to. As many of you know, I do not drive. <laughs> I never learned. Uh, so for me, everything, you know, I, I map it out. Um, public transportation, you know, the MBTA, uh, you know, so that's, you know, the, the subway, the trains, the buses or the commuter rail. So I'm, uh, you know, that's <laughs> or, the, or a taxi. So that that's how I get around or or I walk. I walk if possible. So. It was, uh, you know, I, I hopped on the commuter rail. I was able to pick that up uh, in downtown Boston. And it was a nice smooth ride. You get off. Uh, the, the venue was about like a, a 10 or 11 minute walk from the commuter rail station. And it was super, super, super easy to find. So it was, it, was, it was, I think, a good location. I think it was good for a lot of people, easy for a lot of people to get to. And as I said, it was it was good. Uh, one thing I wanted to highlight, and I started to, and then I started talking about something else, but I want to make sure that I, I highlight this point. Um, the chair uh, wanted to talk about having a good time. And I think that that's important, too. I think that it's very easy to, um, if you're a Republican in Massachusetts, I think it's very easy to feel uh demoralized uh frustrated angered but i think it's important to be positive i think it's important to be optimistic I, I, no one's saying be unrealistic no one's saying that no one's saying uh to to you know kind of uh latch on to ideas that just really aren't too feasible um but but i think i, I think the idea is You know, yes, we have a lot of work to do, but let's whistle while we work, so to speak. Let's whistle while we work. Um, Let's try to uh, find the joy, uh, find um, the happiness or find some enthusiasm in building the party um, and reaching out to new people. And putting together ideas that can really make a difference in the quality of people's lives. And so I I thought that that was a good message, uh, certainly. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what follows. Because, my goodness gracious, you know, I'll say this, without a viable two-party system, there is a void. There's a void. There's a vacuum. Empower and, and and when you have situations like that, you have to. You, you know, it's it's it can be it can be difficult, and and it can be almost a fearful time because you don't know what's going to what entity or what you know what group or what individual is going to kind of pop up and try to fill that void, right? And so now we have people who are, quite frankly, off the rails, and they are trying to fill that void. And that's why we need a Republican Party that's strong, that is fiscally healthy, that is robust because there there are groups there are people there are individuals and they're just getting louder and louder and they don't have anything to say but they want to occupy space and they're not doing anybody any good and so this kind of leads me nicely into the municipal races so In Boston, we, of course, um, we have, as I said, we have uh, city council races. So it's every two years. uh, It's a two-year term for a counselor. We have 13 counselors, and nine of them are what we call district counselors for those who might be a little less familiar with how Boston works. You know, we are a city, and we have our—the way— our, our government is set up. It's, it's a city. It's, you know, structured like a city. Um, we have a city council. We have a mayor. And I always say, I never grow tired of saying that while we have a mayor, structurally it's very, the mayor, whoever, whoever is the mayor, um, he or she possesses a lot of power. But the, the city council is not without power to wield of its own. So it's certainly a role where people can have a lot uh, of impact, can make uh, a world of difference, really. So we have, as I started to say, nine district counselors. um, And, you know, these districts, you know, the city is cut up into these different parts. And then we have four at-large counselors, and they represent the whole of the city and the harbor islands. And so I you know I <laughs> I'm not impressed with the current makeup of the Boston City Council because it's just increasingly it's it's become a litmus test of how evolved Boston is. Now, considering that Boston has been on the forefront continuously Throughout its history, the forefront of so many important fights for justice and equality, I'm really rather astounded that we Natives let people from the outside dictate to us who and what we are and what we're about. Um, But, you know, over time... Bostonians have become increasingly uh, they uh, they became increasingly convinced that well they had to embrace certain ideas and and a certain mindset in order to show that they were cultured and that they that they were educated and and the people that were proffering you know these ideas this mindset they weren't necessarily cultured or educated all that well educated themselves so it's, it's really, quite frankly, it's it's a, a tragedy of sorts. And, you know, we find ourselves at, at an impasse. You know, it's which way are we going to go? So, again, the city council has become very much a body that, you know, people argued or have been arguing that the makeup of it shows how as I said, how evolved we are. And I'm sorry, but just because someone is of color doesn't mean he or she is evolved. Doesn't mean he or she has good ideas. Doesn't mean that he or she is qualified to hold a position. Now for those of you who see me, most most people who listen to the show know that I'm I'm a woman of color. I'm mixed race. Um, I'm half black and I'm half white. So, I mean, obviously, I want to see, you know, more women. That That's nice, too, of course. But, you know, of course, I want to see more people of color, different colors. But it can't come at the price of competence, knowledge, and efficiency. If you hold a position, you have to have the bona fides. You have to be able to deliver. You can't take a position, especially the Boston City Council, where counselors make more than some governors. They make over $100,000 a year. They can't just get onto the council and then cash checks and learn on the job. We need people that know what they're doing, and we need people who, quite frankly, want to serve. It's really quite that simple. Um, we have uh, some people who are standing up to run. Uh, they do not currently hold a seat on the council. I'll be talking about those people uh, next week. Um, and, and, you know, there's some candidates that are interesting, and then there's some candidates that are not so interesting, to say the least. Um, but I'll get to that more next week. Uh, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. That's always how it goes. Time always goes by so quickly. Um, But as always, I thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to hanging out with you next week. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119, Attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.